Thank you for tuning in to this message from Kingdom Airs International, headquarters located in Flagstaff, Arizona. And it's way better. It's not scary. There's things that may look like giants, but it's ours to, to run in and take those things over. And in this time, here's the direction I'm going to give you to be able to obtain those things. Here's the direction I'm going to give you to learn to walk like him, to learn to talk like him, to learn to act like him, to learn to walk in your original intent, because the original intent is more like him than what it is, what we are right now, right? So taking us back to that place. So these nights are critical. They're critical. If you're not here, try to get here. Because it's critical to obtain the things that are being released if you're wanting to walk in the original intent. So we have one more thing before we dive in. Thanks, Missy. Well, along those lines of just really uh, honoring mom and dad for all that they have brought into this family, tonight is uh, First Fruits. So, yeah, and we're really excited to honor uh, what Yahweh honors. That's such a a foundational principle in this family is that we have learned what Yahweh honors because we've learned how he is. We've learned who he is and how he is and what he honors. And he does honor first fruits. And so um, I wanted to give a quick testimony. I wanted to start out today with, uh, with everything that Missy had shared about everything that's coming tonight and all that Yahweh has been stirring up in emotion and connection and intimacy and really giving of us himself, his heartbeat. And then tonight, I really felt like tonight is gonna be a night of instruction. And so I know that mom and dad have been preparing for that. Um, But I wanted to also usher in tonight with a testimony and just give some gratitude as well to pave the way for mom to come up. And so, So it's funny because last week I had released about the month of Av, and I know Missy also touched on that, about how the month of Av is, or yeah, the month of Av, the first nine days is normally a time of grieving. It's a time of mourning. It's a time of, uh, in a sense, we would call it sadness. And I released last week how we can look at that in a pitiful way, right? Like in the old, normally, if you're in religion, like I was, um, you can look at that in a sense of like, uh, it, it's, it's almost like this feeling of woe is me, right? And we don't necessarily understand grieving or even honoring Uh, something that Yahweh chose to honor every single year. Like, why would he bring that up? Why would he remind us that the temple has been destroyed during this time? Why would he give us um, instructions to give ourselves over to that grief process every single year? And I shared how he's so into the bigger picture and so into what he sees that's outside of our world and outside of our mindset. And that's what he's leading this body in. And so I have a quick testimony of that. So it's interesting because this has been happening the last three weeks in our life. And then it came to a head this week during Av. (laughs) And so um, Derek and I, we had actually, just to give it briefly, we are trying to purchase something through a third party. And the broker that we were using 
found out that after three weeks of us being in this process, that the person we were trying to purchase something from was actually uh, a fraud, okay? It was a scam. And so, yeah. And so what's amazing is that um, it was a really elaborate scam. So it's not something the broker that we were using, he's experienced, he knows this world. It's not something that, you know, he's not a new person at this, but he was experienced and he fell, um, he fell for it. And so anyways, we had tried to pay for this thing twice and it wouldn't go through. This is so funny, you guys. So the first time we tried to pay for it, their bank rejected it and sent it back to us, okay? The second time we tried to pay for it, um, my, my, like the website kept crashing. Like my computer would not work. And I was like, what the heck is going on? And so, um, <laughs> and it was the funniest thing. And obviously after that, I was like, okay, Yahweh is shutting doors very clearly for a reason. What is that? So I was like, Yahweh, you need to reveal what is going on. And it was literally within this month and this week that he started to reveal that that person was a scammer. So none of our funds were touched, ultimately. They were all protected. I got to go to the bank, change all of our accounts over. So yes, it took some work, but ultimately we were protected, okay? So what's awesome about that is that in the old, right, everything that we do, we get a chance to self-evaluate. We get a chance to self-reflect. And in the old, my mindset would have been, are you kidding me? I'm an entrepreneur. We're hard workers. We're honest. We have integrity. What do you think you're doing coming after my bank account? Like, you know, and I would get so upset. Or obviously the popular thing was, oh, the enemy tried to get me or he tried to shut me down, or he, he has this major plan that he's going after our finances, and it's because we've been giving that like, he's on to us, right? Like that would be the mindset. <laughs> and, <laughs> and it's crazy because this time, at, like none of that came up. Like there was peace the entire time. There was an assurance. Um, but even in the midst of the unknown, before we knew it was a scammer, there was peace. And I, there was not a worry. And so anyways, after we found out it was a scam and we did all of that work to change our bank accounts, um, I, I was looking at it and I was like just talking with Yahweh and I was like, so what happened? <laughs> because I really wasn't understanding. And he was like, you are, what did he say? He said, reduction has no place when you are sowing into multiplication. And he connected that this week is first fruits. And I was like, holy cow. And so he was literally showing, so you guys know how last week I had talked about how Yahweh made a place for this particular week, okay? The ninth of Av, the first nine days, he makes a place for where we see destruction, where we see things that we would quote as a negative, he makes a way for that. And he makes a way for it to be honored so that he can teach us things throughout that. This family is about the process. We're not about the end result. And we also, at the beginning of this year during Passock, had given permission for Yahweh to use any and every circumstance from here on out to teach us about himself, right? You guys remember making that promise. And so when he said, 
reduction has no place when you're sowing into multiplication. He was literally telling me that because we apply this principle out of obedience, we may not always understand what he's doing in first fruits or in trading floor or in principles that we're taught. We may not fully understand, but because in this family, actions precede beliefs, um, he literally was showing me because we've been trading into first fruits, I have not, like, reduction then doesn't have a place. Like, he's not creating a place for reduction in our finances because we're sowing into multiplication. So multiplication is the only one that has a place as far as financially. And so, um, so he started showing me kind of this vision of, like, I saw kind of like a dome over us and he started showing me this principle that we have had head knowledge of, to be honest, <laughs> that we've been sowing into that we don't know the fullness of. Uh, he showed us how that has actually created a bigger principle to operate over our life to where, um, to where rejection doesn't have a place. And so obviously all of that, like the, I can really attest to this family that that change in my perception, that the, the different way we handled it, the fact that everything came out fine and, and I'm able to look at that and be like, Yahweh, what are you doing? To where he's able to show a principle working in my life that I didn't even know was at work and is slamming down, I mean, literally slamming down like fraud from happening to us. Um, that's all because of what we've been learning. That's because of the principles that come out of this family. That's because of the direction and the instruction and the laying down and the discipleship that happens in this family is the reason why that change has happened. So as mom is teaching tonight, I had asked that everyone bring cash because as she's teaching, I really felt like there was a breath on how we did it last month. Last month, every time mom would speak and we agreed or we said amen or we um, heard something that challenged us or we wanted to know more about what it was that she was saying, we would throw money on the ground in a sense and we're trading when we do that. So that's what we're gonna do tonight as mom comes up and she starts teaching. Um, is it just you, mom, or is it you and dad? Okay. So as they start teaching, if we hear something, if we, if we catch something in the spirit, or if we are like, we just want to know more about that, we're going to trade at that moment. Um, I think we had talked about that a little bit on the Kingdom Mares box, how uh, timing is really important, that Yeshua is outside of time. However, he also operates in our time, and there are significant opportunities that we have to grasp in the moment. So that's what we're going to do. So as you guys have your cash, anytime, as mom and dad are about to blow it up, I know they are, <laughs> you guys can throw cash on the ground and know that you're trading into that legacy of literally not making a place for those things Yahweh would not make a place for. Okay, we only want to make places for those things that Yahweh honors. So, mom and dad, you guys can come up here. Oh, you have to. Mm -hmm. I don't think you said this part. Am I allowed to share the other part of the testimony? 
So then she, you know, she's going on and on about this amazing testimony and how fraud didn't happen and that reduction's not in their life. What she didn't share with you guys is yes, it took work to transfer all of their accounts over. And, uh, but in the process of that, it allowed for the bank to say, can we reevaluate what you've been doing? Because what you've been doing isn't the best that we have to offer. And so their percent rate went up by like 0.01 or 0.1 or something like that. Anyways, it's a lot in the bank, in the bank world. So not only did fraud stop, they also were able to not only self-reflect on what's going on in their lives and get a greater principle of what's being applied in their lives, but the bank said, can we self-reflect on what we've been doing because we're at a better rate than what we were before? And so now their bank accounts are getting a higher interest rate. So, so much for that, right? <laughs> really talking about no reduction, fraud stop, and an increase happened from that. So, so that is amazing. And I wanted to uh, talk about, there's a couple, there's a couple things. One, I want to make a, a special shout out and uh, we love you to our New Mexico family. They are watching right now on live, so they're texting us. So just want to say hi to you guys. And I also want to kind of connect some dots for those that are like, what's the month of Av? We know that Avi means father. The month of Av is the father month. So he has some intentions for us. So I wanted to connect that and just do a special uh, I love you, Avi Garcia in New Mexico. So we're so excited to, to see you guys soon and we are praying for, um, we are praying for you and your family. Then the other thing I wanted to um, talk about because Missy had talked about being a believer versus a disciple and we're gonna get into a lot of that tonight. But what I wanted to just kind of, I, I guess, essentially blow up. <laughs> but it really actually doesn't say believe in him anywhere in the Bible. So it doesn't say confess your sins, believe in him, have faith, and you shall be saved. It says that in English, but that's not what the word means. The word is uh, emonim. Am I saying that right? Emonim. The word is emonim in Hebrew. That actual word means allegiance to a king. So there's a real difference by faith by works and I'm gonna have faith and I'm gonna believe. What does that mean? It means submit your allegiance to the one who's enthroned and when you obey a king, you will then receive the inheritance because of the way that you walk because you're following one that's enthroned. So this isn't some whimsical, I'm gonna believe in him and then by faith. And it's almost like it's doing a, 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 honestly a real detriment. Again, we go back to the list of what's been robbed and what's been gained. I would love to know that we're talking about not being a believer and being a disciple and what he's, what he's acknowledging is that even being a believer is a little bit off because that kind of gives you the freedom to be like, I'm entitled and you're never submitted to a king. So there's an aspect that as a family that we're moving from believer to disciple or understanding that we've been disciples versus being believers and understanding that even that word isn't even accurate at its foundation. So it was never to just be a believer anyways. Religion created that concept of being a believer and saved by grace and just 
you know? And, and so there, that, was, that is a man-made tradition because the foundation was to let, like, let, I was gonna say let go, but drop it all and follow and you submit your allegiance to a king. So there's a real difference between even what we've been reading in English in the New Testament where it says, you know, believed and, and, and faith and to understand that in Hebrew, say it again. Emmonim. Emmonim is the word, every time English translates it to believe, that word is allegiance. It changes the whole gospel. So loyalty so so and so what i want to say about that is the root of amen also comes from that word a m n and so it comes from that so when they're talking about trading and you're you you're you're saying that you're you're amening that you're saying that you're agreeing with that word not just like that sounds really cool and i'm going to try really hard to believe in that word. And I'm gonna name it and claim it until it just comes into my, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna quote scripture over and over and over again. And I'm just gonna, I'm gonna believe and then by my good works and my faith, I shall be saved. While we're the same group of people over and over and over again, and we're not seeing people be raised from the dead, we're not seeing transformations, we're not seeing root level things being healed because we're just, Right? So you have this aspect of that versus saying, amen, you're basically saying, imonim, you're saying that I, there's an allegiance to that word. I submit my soul, my spirit, my mind, my heart, I submit it to a word to allow the king to do a process that I could actually be used by him. Amen? So, totally different. Do you have a question? E, spell, E, E-M-O-O, -O, well, actually in, um, yeah, the, what's the Strong's that you just looked up? Habakkuk, well, that was the phonetic way to spell it. It's like E-M-U-N-A. Anywhere you really believe is, but in Habakkuk is where we found the Strong's. H-5-3-0. Strong's Hebrew, H-5-3-0. So if you look under Hebrew 530, that's going to be the word, E-M-U-N-A. So that's what I said. U-N-A. So you'll read Paul very different, too, when he's talking to, uh, to a body, when he's, when his, his, uh, when you start to see through this filter, they understood this, so then there's an aspect of him trying to acknowledge allegiance versus trying to create a fellowship of believers who will do good works. Okay. That was just a little blow up that you guys can marinate on in a couple of, in a couple of days. So tonight what we want to do, uh, honestly, there's a, there's a couple things um, that we're going to do tonight. Uh, do you guys remember January when we did the anyways meeting? I kind of feel like there's, it's the summer. I feel like we kind of need to do another anyways meeting. So there's, there's a few things that are going to happen tonight. We're going to do a, basically one big recap. And the reason why is because we, are believe, we believe that there's a shift that we have, we have accomplished in this season what he wants us to accomplish when it comes time to heritage. 
what we're recognizing is, is we could stay on heritage for the rest of our lives, right? I thought we were going to get into the tribes and, I, and all this stuff, and I feel like he kind of put a stamp. And you know how we've talked about the, the, the overarching title for each of the pillars? I feel like the one for heritage is you're not a Christian, you're a Hebrew. And I feel like we have that. And we need to walk that out. And when we circle back around, then we may go deeper into all of those things. Um, but for now, that's what he's wanting us to gain. Because if we start getting into the tribes and we start learning about Asher and Gad and all this kind of stuff, I'm afraid we're going to get just off on all of these trails when the bottom line is, is that we need to recognize and understand and carry within our hearts that we are not a Christian, but we are Hebrew. Okay? Okay. Because we have that, I believe that he is speaking that it is time, especially with the introduction of Iver, that we are able to move into the next pillar of language. And uh, we'll talk a little bit about what we see language is going to be. So a couple things we see tonight. We're going to do a recap. And then as we're walking from this pillar to this pillar, we really felt like there is an easy way to get thrown off track. I don't know what that is. It's like now I've learned my heritage and we're going to walk into language. And as we're walking into that next teaching, there is a, I'm trying to think of the right words. Not, not that it's easy, but what we're seeing is that it would be easy to get kicked off track right here. And, uh, and when we go through the recap, I'll explain why. So we're going to go over some practical instruction and discipleship based on believer versus disciple, to keep us on track while we walk from heritage to language. And part of that is because of just the season in general, we're seeing kind of a physical scattering. And so there, uh, and, and, and we'll, we'll talk about what we prophetically see, but within this scattering, we don't want us to get off track and we want to stay focused. And so we want to give some instruction tonight. So we're not moving into language tonight is what I'm getting at. But we're going to talk about where we've been, we're going to talk about where we're going with language, and we're going to give some practical instruction on how to stay on track for us to get into language in August, okay? Then at the end of service, I have an announcement for what we're going to be doing in September for our teaching, because we have another feast coming up. So remember how we're kind of, this is weird, we have feasts, heritage, and language, but remember every feast we were going to stop and go back to feast. So what we're going to do today is we're going to be like right here is what I'm seeing. And then in August, we're going to start language and then we're going to go back to feast in September. And then in October, we'll pick back up in language. Again, hoping at the end of the year, we're going to be done with this kind of layer. Sound good? Okay. Let me get a drink of water and then we'll do a recap. Do you have anything? I'm good. All right. You guys love my beautiful drawing. Doesn't it just make total sense? <laughs> okay. What was the first pillar on the first floor? Blood versus blood. Ministry of reconciliation. Okay. Yada. All right, for those that are listening on live or podcast, we have blood versus blood, ministry of reconciliation, walking in him, and knowing. And then these pillars were feasts, her heritage, 
language. All right. Now, this first floor was Hebrew mindset. All down here is salvation. And then this floor was honor. And this floor is, okay. So I want to point out a couple things. We've been getting a little whimsical with our heaven awareness and our worship. Not wrong, but I just want to make sure I bring us back into focus. We've been talking a lot about engaging, and I absolutely want you to engage. I want you to be a people that encounter everything. You can encounter the food that you eat. You can encounter the words that you read. You can encounter your spouse. You can encounter relate. You guys understand what engage and encounter means. It means you're awake, you're aware, you're, uh, you're engaged, you are focused, you're, right? That is, we want that. However, I want us to make sure that we're not getting so, let's engage the hexagons, and your language is off, okay? We're still on the floor of honor. So when I start seeing a family not walk in the level of honor that it is going to require to engage the heavenly beings that we're about to encounter, it's very detrimental, and it's actually really scary. It's very, uh, um, um, certain things that you engage in heaven, especially when you're ascending, what happens is, is whatever is going on in your body kind of uh, gets stuck there. I'm trying, to, uh, let me, I'm trying to think of an example. Okay, you're trying to engage and you start to ascend, but you have a little bit of doubt. What happens is, is in that ascension state, that doubt gets stuck. So there's an, is this, I don't know if this is making sense. Basically what I'm trying to say is that there is an order to things. And there is a, not a sequence in the sense of like, um, like a rigid sequence, but there's an aspect that, is this making sense? You're not want, you're not going to want to engage if you have dishonor. You're, you're, because, because what's going to happen, you're not going to want to engage and then have the wrong language because then you're going to get frustrated in your engagement because what you're engaging is going to be like, I don't know you. I don't understand you. I don't, what is, what is, what is this frequency that you're in? And then what ends up happening is you're going to end up doing that cycle again where I'm going to declare by my word and you're just going to keep doing it, doing it, doing it when it's like, no, he wants to move through you. But until we have some of those understandings, we won't know how to do that. So you'll fall back into old tools. Go ahead. Mm -hmm. Uh-huh. Yeah, uh, Stephanie was saying that there, the chart that we gave out with the different frequencies. So, huh? Yes. So if you're operating at a frequency of death, now, now hear me. Obviously, when you ascend and you get a different perspective, that changes your frequency. All I'm saying is, is certain things that you engage in, if you don't recognize because you're not aware and engaged that you're operating in a frequency of boredom or death, and you think that that was love, you're going to reproduce religion again. 
Does that make sense? So it's not like I'm saying if you're at a low frequency, don't engage, and you just got to try to figure it out yourself. No, do that. But first, be aware. That's all I'm saying. Be in honor, which produces gratitude. And remember this? Honor, a being, has two legs, which was gratitude and humility. That's totally Holy Spirit remembrance. So when you have a heart of gratitude and you're humble, now you can operate in a frequency of death and heaven will still engage you because you're aware at least. But if you kind of walk up in pride, I am in a frequency of love, and you're trying to engage heavenly things and they know your doubt and they know your frequency, that's the fall. That's, <laughs> does that make sense? Okay. So I want to just remind us that we're still on the floor of honor. So I'm not saying don't engage. I'm just saying before we start figuring all this out, make sure you've got gratitude in your heart, you're humble, and you're understanding honor. Make sure that you understand your heritage and you're not still like, no, I'm a Christian. That's going to be hard for our language. That's going to be hard to do language. Because the first part, this, just so you guys know, language is going to be two parts. First part is going to be more based on mindset. The second one will actually be learning some of the letters. So it's not like we're going to be learning Hebrew. The first thing is we're going to be understanding that the language is alive. We're going to begin to understand as a family that what comes out of my mouth, that scripture that says that power is in the uh, life and death is in the power of the tongue. How many of us know that? Quote it like whatever, but you don't live like it. You don't live like if your tongue has power for death or life. We're going to understand what that actually means. We're going to understand frequency. We're going to understand emotion. We're going to understand our heart opening up. We're going to understand what it means to allow him to come in us so that when we speak, we actually understand what our tongue is doing. That's going to be part of language. So it's not just going to be like, oh, I'm going to learn the Hebrew letters. But if this language is alive and you begin to understand that it's alive and you match his language, now you understand why your tongue has power. That make sense? We can quote scriptures all day long, especially when you're correcting people. Oh, you need to be careful. Life and death is in the power of the tongue. You need to speak better. And so then you're just, what you're doing is, is you're like, okay, but by my works, I will speak better. It's all head knowledge, by my works. So your head's like this. Power in the tongue, power in the tongue, power in the tongue, power in the tongue. I buy my will, buy my will. And what we've missed is this because we were told in religion don't feel do not be led by your emotion do not be uh you're gonna you're gonna i don't i don't know what's the latest demon that makes you flow with (laughs) if you cry you're jezebel i don't know i don't i don't know but there's this whole this at least this fear of allowing yourself to feel because if you feel god forbid you'd raise somebody from the dead because we already went through all of this how many years ago with the compassion series he never healed anyone without compassion first you cannot have compassion in your head so there's an aspect where when you're gonna you're gonna understand where the life and death is in your tongue because out of the heart 
flows the issues of life, but we've bypassed our heart. So with language, it's not going to be just about heavenly letters, but it's going to be about understanding his frequency and his language that's alive that is going to come into our into us. It's going to go from our head. It's going to connect to our heart. Out of our heart is then what we're going to speak. And that is actually going to create your world. This is what I'm talking about with engaging. What I'm saying to this family is that if you want to prophesy something into existence, we've known before, read your scripture, speak in tongues, and speak it over and over and over again. And it didn't happen. Or was that just me? I declared and decreed all day long, and it didn't happen. <laughs> maybe, maybe it's just us. We've got a problem. <laughs> but we have did that. But here's the thing. We declared and decreed. Right? And then you're like, God, you did it. I don't trust you. And then you're bitter and then you're hard and then you're like, you did this to me. And then you're irritated. And then if it's not God and you did, you did this to me, why did you do You made my light stuck. Right? Because you're just, you became, I did it all right. I did everything you asked. Except feel you. Except experience you. Except get you inside of me. You know what I mean? Like, I would, so what I'm saying is, is I'm telling this family that we are going to learn how to declare and decree with our heart. You don't have to say a word. You don't have to speak a word. You just, and your heart is going to tap into a frequency and you're going to be healed. And finances are going to come in. And your bloodline's going to get clean. And you're going to manifest things in front of you. And I'm not saying that spiritually. Scientists do this. They can operate frequencies and move that water bottle. And we're like, just keep praying the dead awake. Well, I want to just. And they come alive. Right? Can I talk weird? Just for a second, okay? How do you think the priests? Are you guys, are you guys okay? Okay. <laughs> How do you think the priests once a year got so clean that they were able to pass through a 600-pound curtain that did not have any separations in it? <laughs> do you think they understood something about frequency and decomposing and recomposing and reconstructuring and deconstructuring and being there and then not being there? Okay, there are some things in this dimension that don't quite make sense. And what I mean by that is even when you're talking about um, this, this, okay. Did you guys pay attention in science? Okay, I'm getting really excited about this. <laughs> Were you number 350 and up in your class? <laughs> Okay, in this dimension, you see a wine barrel, right? This is matter, made up of particles, made up of atoms, okay? 
When you take this apart in this dimension, this is what you see, it's solid, okay? But when you take it apart and you start to study the particles and you start to study the atoms, is there more matter or more space? You can say it. Yes. I am not, I, my body is 99.9% .9 made up of space. But what you see is what is created. Now, up until the old era, even in, and I'm not talking spiritual, I'm talking science. Up in the, in the old era, they believed that the matter is what defined the space. But now they're seeing that it's the space that defines the matter because there's more space than there is matter. So when you start to understand quantum and you can start to manipulate and understand the space, you can create matter, which means you're creating your world, which is probably what Yeshua meant when he said, on earth, as it is in heaven. Because what did he expect you to do? Just walk around and look at wine barrels? He needs us to operate as that heavenly vessel. And there are things that were understood that in this dimension, in this realm, cap us from the ability to be able to create. So when I'm talking about uh, praying and, and de de decreeing and declaring because you want something to manifest, in this family, I believe that what we are doing is co-creating how to manifest your world. Here's something else I, I'll, I'll talk about, science and biology. How many of us are predisposed genetically to things in our DNA? <clears throat> okay. So people say you have a predisposition. They are finding out that while you do have a predisposition to those things being on your genes, <laughs> Only when you agree and think about it and come into agreement with it does it unlock what's in your DNA. Therefore, you do not have to be predisposed to anything if you don't unlock what's in that bloodline. This is science. I'm still not talking spiritual. The ch <laughs> Never mind. Does, okay, does this make sense? So you can be predisposed to something, but only when your thoughts and your feelings align with it and agree with it does it begin to manifest, which means the same can happen that you can manifest an opposite result and change your bloodline. And, and, and so we've thought, well, this is just spiritual and it's up to God and I just declare and decree. And then how many of us have said, well, if you lay hands and they don't, then that's probably because you have something wrong with you. We're going to learn as a family how to actually manifest something. And it's going to have a lot to do with how we feel. And it's going to have a lot to do with holding our thoughts captive. And I don't mean from like a hold your thought captive by willpower again. But how do you hold your thought captive with your mind being actually attached to your heart, feeling all of it, creating something, and then it manifests out of that place? There's more. I'm trying to, I'm like trying to read. <laughs> um, uh, 
okay, here's, a, here's something else. Just, this is what I want. I want us to get excited. And the reason why I'm bringing all this up is because I want us to get excited about language and not just think it's just the what we thought language was. Um, for us that know physics, and you're, all of us, and you have the equation, the mathematical equation for my hand going from right here to right here, right? I can calculate how fast it's going. But there's another dimension that we're not seeing when you start adding into the calculation how fast the earth is spinning, how fast the universe is going. So in reality, it's a lot faster. So what they're finding out with quantum physics is that it technically, you're seeing frames like a movie so fast that you see one continuous thing. But in reality, it's appearing, disappearing, appearing, disappearing, appearing, and disappearing so fast in the sense that what they're, what they're saying is, is that even memory is not a thing. Like memory is not real because we think linear, but you, okay, moment number one. Okay, moment number two. Moment number one is not there anymore because the earth just spun. So in a year from now, we are never in the same place that you were in that one moment. But to us in this dimension, you're like, you just jumped twice and did the same thing over and over again. Does that sound like religion? I prayed and then I did it again and then I did it again. And he's saying, wake up. Because when you pray and you jump again, you're not in the same spot, literally, because you just moved with the universe. And he created the universe for you to take dominion over. We're fighting the universe. The universe is ours. And you want to know how? (laughs) (laughs) I just got really excited. How does the universe become ours? Come on, how did he start it all? By his, and I don't mean by my stripes I'm healed language. I'm saying, "Mm." (laughs) see, I just released joy right there. I just, "Mm." (laughs) so services are not going to be everybody, every head bowed, every knee just, (sighs) and you're going to all just be like, <laughs> I don't know where that where that's coming from. But right, this is where he's going to get the glory though. Cuz it's not by my words or by my English or my eloquence. That's why Moses was like, I I don't I don't I have a stutter. I don't care. <sighs> Something's going to happen when your mind begins to attach with your heart and everything is going to begin to change and we're going to manifest a different world. We're going to manifest heaven on earth. Are you guys excited for language? (laughs) Okay. I think that was a good recap. Is that good? So, does, okay. (laughs) So, uh, as a family, I don't know if this is going to happen, but I do believe that we could stay in blood versus blood forever. We could stay in the ministry of reconciliation Forever, right? We walking in him forever. So um, what I wanted us to understand for tonight for heritage. Remember a, a couple weeks ago when I wrote the bloodline up to Avraham? Do you guys remember that? Noah and all the, right? 
if you're saying, but did I come from Shem or did I come from Ham? Ellen. How do I know if I'm in the bloodline? Okay. All we, all we were doing, because I, I did, I thought. I thought as a family we're going to get into the tribes and we're going to, we, well, we will as a family get into the tribes and we're going to find out what tribes we come from. Okay, so that is coming. But for right now, all that was, whose bloodline, if you don't know your bloodline, whose bloodline was that? Yeshua. Yeshua the bloodline that I wrote out birthed Yeshua, okay? Let's go back to 101 of building blood versus blood. So whatever your bloodline was, that's why the whole Old Testament talks about the priesthood. Why? Because he wants you to know your heritage. He wants you to know what it took to be able to enter in the way that they entered in. But with Yeshua, it ends with his bloodline. And then it's done. So when you go back to blood versus blood, that's why we can adopt the heritage. So if anyone's, well, we're not Jewish or we're not, I don't know if I came from Abraham. We don't, it, did you understand this? Blood versus blood means that you came from his bloodline and that is his bloodline. If we want, if we, if you want to just end with that, that is his bloodline. Amen. So with heritage, what we're doing is we're going back to the authentic and understanding what our heritage is in him, not what religion says our heritage is. That's all that was, okay? I do believe with the introduction of Iver and with Avraham and all of that, we are going to get into the tribes. We are going to get into the two house because there's a huge, I know we've been alluding to it and saying that it, the gospel is about the two houses becoming one. But we haven't really talked on who is Israel. But we know as a family that we are Israel. Right? The house of Israel, the ones that were... <laughs> yeah, I was going to say whore. We, yeah, we divorced whore when I say that, went after other gods. We were the ones that turned away. And then you have the house of Yehuda. So we understand that at a basic level. But I just want us to know that there is a lot of teaching when it comes time to the tribes and for our house to understand who is Israel. Because we've been so indoctrinated and ingrained that the church is the light. But it's not. It's when the two houses become one. So you need to know what house you're in. So there is a lot with heritage. Like I said, we could spend forever. But I believe like all of these um, pillars that have kind of like the title, I believe that what he wants for us right now to just sit on is that we're not Christian. We're Hebrew. Okay? That makes it, do we feel like we've gotten to that? We've done enough of the demolishing and just enough to say we've come, we come from him. Okay? And then we'll move into language. Okay. That's the recap. It's <laughs> an awesome recap. <laughs> so I want to shift and what I want to what I want to do now is break down how do we safeguard that's where we're going. Yeah. How do we safeguard where we're going? Because what the Holy Spirit inspired us to do tonight was 
doing this was because what we were seeing is it's very easy for us to be walking a walk and not realize the dynamics that are taking place and recognize that we have to activate something. In other words, we can be saying certain things, but we're not aligning our thoughts and our speech and our actions all together. Mm -hmm. We can be saying things, we can be agreeing with things, but not recognizing when the test is happening that we're supposed to be engaging the things we've been learning. Yeah. And so what happens is if you're not aware of, of a dynamic, a discipleship dynamic that we started to talk about, and I'm going to talk more about tonight in a practical way, if we're not aware of what it means to be a disciple, we talked about believer versus disciple you can amen it, like she said, we can amen it, we can say it, we can agree with it, but if we're not aligning our thoughts, our speech, our actions, mm. and our heart's not in it, right? If our heart's not in it and, we're, and our heart's not anchoring those things and aligning all three of those dynamics, then you're going to get knocked off course like that. It's easy, and we're seeing it, how easy it is. And so what's interesting is... Um, as an example, when, when we'll go to jujitsu class, we have a professor. He's been doing jujitsu for 30 years. It's a very long time. And he started with the people that founded it, that created it. And what he'll tell us, every class it never fails, he'll tell us, this, what I'm showing you is what I've come to know after 30 years, this is the best, this works. Okay, and so I say that because I want to let you guys know that we have, just like Sally said, we, when we were born again, it wasn't enough to just believe in him. There was an aspect of allegiance and loyalty that we were going to lay our lives down no matter what and transitioned into a greater discipleship aspect of walking with him. And so what... I'm going to practically break down tonight is in us after 20 years of walking a discipleship walk. So I'm, I'm, I want to let you know that because when we break down practically how do you do this, it's something that's going to safeguard what Yahweh is calling you into, right? If you're a fighter, if you, if you say, I want to be a fighter, a literal like a boxer, right? Eventually, it's because you want to get in a ring, okay? So that means you have to, you have to go from saying it mm -hmm. to thinking about it, to having your heart in it, to walking it out, to, to get you smashed. to the ring, <laughs> right? If you say, I want to be a contractor and build houses, you can say it. Say it all day long. That doesn't mean anything until you align your speech, your thoughts, and your mm -hmm. actions. All have to be aligned. Mm. Right? So for us to talk about believer versus disciple, we can say and we can challenge and we can say, you know, what, evaluate where you're at. And you can say, oh, I'm definitely a disciple. You can say it. But you have to align your speech, your thoughts, and your actions. Okay, so I want to talk about, um, 
I want to kind of recap that list real quick um, before I kind of get into more of the practical. So some of it's already been said tonight, but when you talk about believing in him, there's a literal inherent element of entitlement. Because when you believe in him, right, given the expanded definition that we're talking about tonight, when you believe in him, you're entitled to something, literally. Okay? I'll just go through belief. You have life eternal. That's what you're entitled to. You're consuming the gospel. You're, you have a belief in it. There's an instantaneous result. It's unconditional. You receive from him, and you're called. Okay, that's all the things that would, maybe not all the things, but that's a pretty good uh, generalization of being aligned in a, in a believing aspect of the gospel. Now, when you talk about discipleship, you go from simply being entitled, entitled to something to an honoring way that you walk. There's an honor aspect to it. Instead of just life eternal, you also have life abundance. Instead of consuming, you're also a co-laborer. Okay, do you guys remember this from last week? Instead of just belief in, you become like. It's not just an instantaneous result, but a lifelong process. Okay, when you're a disciple. It's conditional. Okay, and And that's why most people won't, they won't engage because as soon as there's conditions put on you, a lot of people will say, well, you know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to go along with this. Well, I was just going to say, and then line that up with everything I was just talking about. You know what I mean? It's like, well, then that's where you have somebody being like, well, I prayed and it didn't happen. And that's where some of the, essentially the conditions will come in. Well, I thought it was free. Well, you know, so there's this aspect of you saying, be, what, what was it, be like or become? Mm-hmm. What was the first one? Belief in. Belief in. So you're believing in a system. It says in the word, if I say it, it works. And then there's become like him. Mm-hmm. Here's the system and it works. So you're, you're, right. you're it, 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 when he created the earth and, and something is coming out of it, you're not believing in a system. I know that I was told that this system works, so I'm going to believe in it because this is like, this is, this is, this happens all the time. You get saved, and then all of a sudden it's like, now I've got the devil on me because my life was easier when I didn't have God, and now I'm in it. And then all of a sudden it's like, I thought that this was going to be the free road. And then, and then all of a sudden you're like, but, I, but I'm going to try the system. The pastor told me the system will work. He said my life will be transformed. So when you step into the system by believing in it, well, belief doesn't manifest Right? Belief doesn't manifest. That's just believing in something that's outside of it. So then, so then you're frustrated that your belief didn't work. Mm-hmm. I, so believe, then- I believe in auto rehab as a business that when I take my vehicle there, they will find the problem and repair it. I believe in it 1,000%, but that does not help me fix a car myself. That doesn't mean I know how to do what auto rehab does. So when auto rehab says, my time is done, I'm out, now you go and do it, because that's what the gospel said, and you're like, "Uh, what? I expected you to keep taking care of my car. Right? That's what Christianity, 
uh, I t- he said he was going to take care of my family. No, he didn't. He told you to get on your face. He told you to be a man. He told you to be a leader. He told you to raise your kids up. He gave you instructions. He gave you conditions. And we act like, well, all, everything fell apart because he wasn't there. No, he's been there. He just told you to be the system, not believe in the system. Man, that is really good. It's really good. It's really good. <laughs> and remember, when you talk about becoming like him as opposed to simply believing in him, there's a process to that. There's an apprenticeship process that you go through that we talked about last week. Um, if you could boil down discipleship, it's about these three things. Maturity, mastery, and multiplication. And it just goes over and over and over again, generation after generation. Maturity, maturity, raising sons and daughters into maturity. Mastery, meaning that not that you're masters, but that you're, you're being like him, you're co-laboring with him, and then multiplication is coming after that. That's what discipleship is about. It talked about bringing your thoughts, speech, and actions into alignment, anchored with your heart. And just like she said, if you're predisposed to something, you have to agree to unlock it. So just like she said, on the flip side, there's things in your kingdom DNA that you have to agree with to unlock. Mm -hmm. Amen? Mm -hmm. Now, this this is where it gets... This is where I've, I believe we as people are so easily taken off track, and we've seen it over the past couple decades everywhere, everywhere, okay? As disciples, we have to recognize the testing process and seize the opportunity for growth. Now, if you say, I'm a disciple, right, what's the point of even saying it? You have to connect what you're saying to an end result. If you say I'm a disciple, but you're not connecting yourself to the end result and then walking it out to bridge the gap, the test is going to come and you're going to have, you're just going to say, just like Sally said, why am I going through this? Why are you, why are we having this conflict? And then I'm going to separate, break relationship and isolate myself. Because you're just saying it, but you're not connecting your, your thoughts and your actions, right? This is where people get thrown off. We can be thinking we're all together because we're all saying the same thing. Mm -hmm. Are we all thinking the same thing? Are we all acting the same way? Right? That's when you'll know we're all going to arrive at the same destination at the same time. The reason why we don't is because we may be doing one of those three things together, but when we're in our own place or in our own head, we're not aligning all three of those things. So what we should be saying as disciples, when we evaluate, once we evaluate where we're at on that list, right, and you're working on those things and you're pressing towards the mark, then you not only have to say those things, you have to think about those things and act on those things constantly. Okay? So... This and, and you can look through scripture, and I'm not going to go, I'm not going to list out all the scriptures because this is kind of the discipleship thing, right? Like, what I'm saying, you guys should be hungry to search it out in the word and, and be confident that what I'm saying is in there. Okay? 
But if you go through the scriptures, you will find a pattern anytime there's a testing process, okay? We, we have to be so discipleship-minded, and this is all for the purpose of safeguarding everything she just talked about. If that's going to be sustained, mm-hmm. we have to walk this way, okay? You will find these patterns in the scriptures, People that show themselves approved, and I'm going to talk about that, will recognize the testing process. You will, as a disciple, you will recognize there's an opportunity, and I'm being tested right now, and you will respond a a certain way. Versus somebody who's saying I'm a disciple, but they're not aligning their, their action and their thoughts if they're just saying it. The test is going to come, and it's just going to provoke them. It's just going to, it's just going to frustrate them, right? And most likely, 99%, probably 110% of the time, when somebody's walking that way and they're not aware, that frustration is going to drive them to break relationship and isolate. 10 out of 10 times. Okay? So we have to recognize the test we have to recognize the invitation. When Yeshua said, follow me, do we recognize that that's an invitation? Okay? He's not making us do anything. Right? As a disciple, nobody, nobody's, we're not, as disciplers in this context, we're not making anybody do anything. Right? There's an invitation to engage in that disciple <coughs> relationship. But Yeshua isn't, he's not making us do anything. He said, drop everything and follow me. But how many times do we see people just uh, reject what his invitation was in the scripture? They could have said no. But they recognized the invitation. Or they didn't. Or they didn't. But he didn't. Oh, he, right. He did. He didn't. He didn't. You know. Wait. Wait. No. I really, <laughs> really, really wanted you to follow me. He was like healed. Come on. He. You know. He just. That's the okay. power of invitation because you're both people are free. Yes. Both parties are free. He was free to move on and engage yeah. the people that uh-huh. recognize the invitation. Okay, it involves trust. I'm talking about the testing process, and you will find these patterns in the scripture, and we should be intimately aware of these (laughs) these dynamics as disciples so that when the test comes, we can start to engage these things. Okay, so we have to recognize the invitation. It involves trust. Okay, it involves obedience, obviously. This is one that I think a lot of people don't think about. It involves remembrance. When the scripture says, be strengthened by the word of your testimony, I think it's important to realize that when the test comes, right, and you're being challenged, you're being conflicted, you're being uh, uh, stirred up, you're being confronted with something, it's, it's in that time of testing that you can be strengthened by the word of your testimony because you remember what he did for you. So the so next time forget. Sally and Derek get confronted, you will be strengthened during that test by remembering what he just did for you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Amen? Mm-hmm. 
How many times do we go through something hard? We go through a trial, a test, and we don't remember what he just did. Or remember what I said about memories aren't real. So you choose what you remember because that's what manifests your future. If your past isn't real, then you have the ability to manifest a different future. So what happens is, is it's what do you remember? Because typically when the test comes, the first thing that you do is you remember, this is what always happens. This is the cycle we all, we're not going to, it never works out. I've got a testimony. This is me this week. He's going to come downstairs and be like, I can't get a hold of the people. Story of my life. Can't get a hold of anyone. You're on hold all the time. It's never going to work out. Why does life have to be so dead? Why do I get ripped off all the time? Guess what happens? And six to eight feet all around me is space responding to my co-creating because I'm that powerful. So the moment I say he's going to come downstairs and do it again, he's going to come downstairs and do it again. (laughs) You, whatever you remember is whatever comes because you are the one that creates the space that's around you. So when you remember the bad or the things that have happened and you latch on to that, whether it's victim or trauma or this is what happened, and you keep replaying your story, it will continually be your story. And then you say, why, God? And he's like, I gave you the power and the tools to transform everything, but you're not following me. You're just blaming me, which is something we see all the time. It's because of you. And it's like, no, it's because of you, right? (laughs) You know, so it's like you've got this, right? So what do you remember, right? You get to rewrite your story. And I'm not talking about getting in your prayer closet and being like, it's going to be different. I mean, if that's what happens, that's fine. But I mean, let it connect with your heart. It's going to be different. Because now all of a sudden you're like, oh, I I am mostly space. And you're just like, and then you're, and then don't declare anything without feeling. If he healed out of compassion, don't be trying to declare over your life out of anger out of frustration, by his stripes I'm healed. That's not even what he did. He was moved with love. He was moved. So if you can't get there and you can't speak your, the manifestation, and you can't remember, just stop and just let him hug you and, and feel his love. Then out of that, remember that and create that and it will change and it will manifest something different. The difference that's going to take place is you, <laughs> right? A believer, a believer can be subject to circumstances my money? and can be subject to circumstances yeah. and grasp onto life eternal. Yeah. Okay. Hear what I'm saying. This isn't this isn't like a, this isn't a condemnation thing. This is what will happen if you're not engaging a discipleship walk and you get confronted with a problem, you will you the 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 blessing and the the thing that you will go to is that I've been saved by grace and I have life eternal. Cool. Okay? 
Now, a disciple, when a you disciple, die, it's going to be awesome. A disciple will literally dictate the circumstances yeah. because you have life abundant. Yes. Do you remember when we talked about life? Look up abundance. Mm-hmm. Look up the the rich mm-hmm. definition of co-creating with him and all the things that go into abundance. Discipleships, disciples will dictate the circumstances. Which so is, when you talk about changing something, you're the difference. Yeah. Because life eternal just reinforces that lie. When I die, right. it'll all get better. When right. he's like, no, now. Mm-hmm. Right? But it's activating that. There's a willingness to be developed. Okay? And again, this is Yahweh wants to test you because he loves you. He's testing you because he loves you because he wants you to pass through an honor gate and a gratitude gate into a place that you have to, you have to show yourself willing to be tested. Okay? doesn't mean you have to pass with flying colors. Okay? We, we definitely haven't. Every, everything we're talking about, it's not like we just showed up and we just like nailed everything on the list, okay? But we're, our heart is willing to be developed, which means we look for opportunities to be tested. Developed, that's good. And then naturally, you embrace the testing. <laughs> well, okay. I'm- that's a clear sign of a disciple is they're going to not only recognize the testing, they're not only going to trust the one who's showing them or taking them through the test, they're not only going to be obedient, they're not only going to remember, they're not only going to be willing to be developed, but they're going to embrace it. Okay? 2 Corinthians 13.5, this just takes it to another level. Yahweh says, test yourself. There's a level of discipleship between somebody who will embrace it and somebody will go beyond that and say, I'm going to test myself. <laughs> now, this is, uh, uh, well, let me just read this. Psalms 26.2. Test yourself. Um, the scripture the author in this scripture is crying out, examine me, prove me, try me. And basically he's saying, test me, test me, test me. Right? That's what an embracing a test looks like. And the reason why he wants us to do that is because ultimately he wants us to call out his name at the end of a test because we're glorifying him. If you go back to the language he, the result he wants is his name being spoken at the end of a test. Now, this is, this is what's awesome. When you talk about, okay, testing, fine. You could be really irritated about this whole thing about testing. Like, fine, test me, okay? What, what is the point of a test? Like I said, when we talk about Iver, when you talk about the language in our heritage, mm-hmm. We're Hebrew. That means we're crossover people. If you're going to say you're a Hebrew, right? Okay, speech, check. Okay, thoughts, 
What, what do we need to be thinking because we said that? And then what do we need to be doing as we walk that out? All those things have to be aligned. Thoughts, speech, action. It's not enough to just say, I'm a Hebrew. What does that mean? That means we cross over. I think on that, crossing over. Okay, then, then I'm going to start to recognize the opportunities where Yahweh's calling me to cross over from one thing to another thing. Right? Now, when we talk about testing, I want to talk about what is the, what is the purpose of testing? When it says, well done, my good and faithful servant, you know, you've shown yourself approved. You've shown yourself tested. Okay? And what that actually means is that you've proven yourself. You've examined yourself. It also means you have discernment, which is what I was talking about, where we will, we will go on the discipleship walk without discernment, and we will get knocked off course completely from what the... When you say something, you put yourself on a trajectory, when I say I'm a Hebrew, I'm, I'm aligning myself on a certain trajectory. But if I don't have discernment, then when the test comes, I'm going to totally miss it and I'm going to be knocked off course. And you can see it everywhere. <laughs> That's why we wanted to bring this, just this practical, okay, we talked about discipleship and believer and the two lists and the differences. Okay, this is going to a whole nother level of how do I really examine myself? How do I really walk the walk as a disciple? And if I look at all the testing in the scripture, you're going to see this pattern here. Okay, and you have to know speech, thoughts, actions. Usually, sometimes we won't even think before we say stuff. Mm -hmm. We'll say, oh, yeah. I'm a disciple because right, because you're riled up and it's exciting or whatever, or you feel like I'm going to answer the challenge. You don't think on it. You just say, yes, I'm on the discipleship side. Well, you're, you are now setting a course for yourself. How many times have you seen people say, I'm going to do this, and you might have a greater perspective than them, and you're like, you're not going to do that. <laughs> we... <laughs> I don't ever say, I don't, well, sometimes I have, but you, I, I will, I have seen somebody say, I'm going to do this, I'm gonna do it. but because I know, okay, you're not aligning your actions, you're right. not meditating yeah. on this, you're not praying yeah. on this, and your heart's not in it. So mm -hmm. you, there is no way you're going to hit the mark that your speech is setting you for. Mm-hmm. Discernment is a huge part of the testing. Yahweh wants you to develop discernment. Scrutiny. You're going to be scrutinized. You might as well just be, make up your mind, I'm going to be comfortable being under a magnifying glass. Mm -hmm. This is one of the things I had the luxury of learning as a law enforcement officer that everything I did was going to be scrutinized. My reports, things that I had to decide in a split second were going to be scrutinized by teams of lawyers over long periods of time, and I only had a second to decide, and I had to document it, and they're going to scrutinize everything. And the, the question is this. The question that Yahweh is asking as he calls his sons and daughters whom he loves through the testing process, he's 
he's asking this question, are you worthy? Are you genuine? Are you authentic? Mm-hmm. Right? If you go back to the beginning, he, we're talking about an end result of authenticity. Right? Whatever you call, whatever you call yourself, Christian, Hebrew, whatever, go run down the list. Whatever you call yourself, the testing process is going to show at the end of the day, yeah. are you authentically what he called you to be? Okay, now when we go back to the beginning, to the father of Hebrews, Iver, when we go back to the beginning, he was, he, he did something that defined who we are, and that's what Yahweh is looking for at the end. Genuine, authentic, crossover people. Meaning, are you going to be the type of person at the end of the day when you've, even if you've submitted, you've perfectly nailed the discipleship list. When you get to the end of the testing process, Yahweh is lining you up and saying, have you crossed over? Have you, have you been complacent? Have you compromised? Because that's what Eber did when the majority was compromising. He crossed over into a different place and safeguarded the language. Which is what Yahweh is taking us into. So if Yahweh is taking us back to the beginning, right? Back to the original intent. Back to the original. That means the counterfeit cannot go there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He's... he's developing us back to the original, which means no compromise, no complacency, willing to be developed, all of those things. And he's questioning when he says, well done, good and faithful servant, it means that you're, you've walked in a level of authentic origin. No complacency, no compromise. That's what he says. And that's why language is so important. If Eber is the father of who we are, and we're going back to the beginning, how can we be 100% authentic if we don't understand the language of who we are? Right. Right? Like, how can, we, how can you do that? You can't line those things up. You can't reconcile those things. So I just wanted to lay out the, the, the awesome thing about testing is you have to have the testing process to get yourself back to the original intent. When we say, oh, yeah, we're about the original intent, guess what happens? In the spirit, a trajectory is set, and there's a destination, however far down the road, right? And there's a process of aligning thoughts, speech, actions that are going to safeguard your process to get you there. If those three things are not aligned, you're not going to get there. You'll end up somewhere, but it's not the trajectory that your speech originally set you on, right? And that's a powerful thing because you could, you could set yourself on all kinds of trajectories and none of them could be what Yahweh wants, right? How, how many of us do that all day long? We say stuff and we're just knocking ourselves out because we're just saying stuff, Right? So we have to be the type of people that not only do are we aware of what the distinction is between belief and discipleship, we have to align those three things. We have to understand that the whole point is maturity, mastery, multiplication. If you don't see those things happening, 
then you're not walking in a level of discipleship, and we're definitely not going to get to the place that we want to get to that requires honor and gratitude and showing ourselves willing to be tested to even get to that place. Right? Now, this, is, this, is, this message is for everybody. This message is for leaders. Uh, this message is for everybody just trying to walk their own walk. This, this is for everybody. It goes both ways because it, it, it's a generational cycle. Okay? Like, is this, does this feel practical to you guys? Uh, mat- maturity, mastery, multiplication. If you look at your life, maybe you can't go through the list, but say, okay, am I walking in maturity? Maybe you don't know. Ask somebody that you're close with. Do you feel like I'm walking in maturity? <laughs> that Kay? is dangerous. But you know what? Let's take a marriage, for example. Mm-hmm. If I want, if I say I want uh, the fullness of my marriage, okay, I just set a trajectory mm. and a destination. Yes, you do. If did. I just say it, but I don't act it, <laughs> I'm not going to get there. Mm-hmm. Okay? If I'm willing to embrace the test, then I, I remember asking one time, I can't remember how I said, oh, I think I said, okay, on a scale of one to 10, oh. how am I doing as a husband? And she was like, two. And I was like, not what I was expecting, okay? (laughs) And I'm not saying this is where I was at then, but as an example, right? If if I'm a true disciple of a a whole marriage, then Mm -hmm. I not only have to be willing to be developed in that area and be honest with myself, but I have to be willing to test myself, Mm -hmm. Okay? So, okay, forget, forget everything else. Do I have maturity? Do I have mastery in anything that Yahweh's calling me to? If, if, if I'm good to go on the first two, am I multiplying those things? Right? If you're not getting past the first one, then you, then you know where you're at. And that's, listen, some people could say, oh, well, you know, whatever. Disciples should be hungry for this information. How do I locate where I'm at? How do I know where I'm at? I'm not even going to know if my marriage is full if I don't even have a clue that I'm way over here. I do not want to get to meet Yeshua face to face and him say, who are you? I don't know you. Can you imagine? You're like, I made it, right? They're like, the, oh, I made it. Who are you? <laughs> it's like, what? Can you imagine, like, going to visit your parents and that you ring the doorbell and they're like, I don't know you. Like, wrong. maybe it's the house next door. Right? That's how serious this is. I'm like, <laughs> I, that's not, okay. But this is all, this is all <clears throat> critical, practical information to understand, one, where we're at as disciples and how powerful our words are when we say something. It could be anything else but this. When you say stuff, you're setting yourself on a path. 
right? Not only that, it's a way for us to safeguard and secure and sustain where we're going as a family, right? Let me say this too. I think that where we've been as a family has been extremely healthy and it's been good. But as disciples, we have to recognize when there's a testing process and Yahweh is calling us to another place. We, we in and of ourselves have to be like, I'm not satisfied right. with this, even though it's great. Our relationship is great at the moment. Okay? Right? It's been good for the most part. Right? We don't argue as much. We don't, you know, it's good. Right? It's been great. But I'm not satisfied with how good it is right now. Good is the enemy of best. Right? We can assure you, right? And a lot of people, and maybe this is a fault of our own, because a lot of people will say, why are you so intense? Like, why does it always have to be, like, all crazy? If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Yeah. Like, everything's good. Like, we're doing great. Why are you guys so intense? Like, it's, like, it's... A war zone because we're not satisfied. The reason why the reason why Yahweh has us here is because we've never been satisfied. Do we enjoy the good times? Yes, absolutely. Do we enjoy the seasons and the phases and the growth and the process? Yes. But when he starts to call us to cross over into another place, we there's something in us that's like, that's who I am is to cross over. Mm-hmm. That is, that is who I am. So when the call comes, crossover, I, like, have to answer it. <laughs> I have to answer right? it. <laughs> he called you in his language. He said, you are a Hebrew. You are a crossover. It's a living word. And if I identify with my heritage, I, ha- I have to do it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and saying that you're not satisfied doesn't mean that you're not grateful for where you're at. Right. It, it's, it's not, it doesn't mean that you're not content. It doesn't mean that you're always after because when you're actually in gratitude with where you're at, he will trust you to open the door for the more. When we say that we're right. not satisfied, we recognize that there's more. Mm-hmm. Because with this is powerful, practically, find someone you trust and ask. Because that, that, that's some practical, I mean, I, religion all day long, I'm the most mature person out there. Me, myself, and I, and God, he thinks I'm really cute. He thinks I'm a bag of chips and I'm just in my closet, I mean, right? Like all that, yes, religion will tell you all by yourself, you are amazing. And you are, you absolutely are because he will always see you at the end result. I'm not dismissing that. But when you're walking on earth, he's given you a family to show you this is where he wants you and this is where you're at. So find someone and ask, am I mature? So when he says things are good, it's that, it's that moment when you meet him, right? <laughs> he's like, what? It's the willingness to be developed. Well, what number right? am I at? Hmm? And you're like, what number am I at? I'm like, two. (laughs) Wouldn't you rather that be here than be like, Yahweh, where's my crown? He's like, what what are you talking about? Right? So there's an, or, okay, can you guys just snapshot this? We've got a really cool family night coming. 
family night. We have family night this month, right? And we're here. Oh, it's next week? Oh, okay. Snapshot this because we're going to be talking about marriage. And it's going to be about covenant. So it doesn't matter if you're married on earth or not, but it's going to be about covenant. Now I want you to try to think about the word mastery. So once somebody says, yes, I think you're walking to maturity, and then you start asking about what about mastery in this area? could be in anything. I'm not talking about, am I a master at marriage? I'm talking about, am I a master at listening? Ask those questions. Am I a master at knowing? Am I a master at cooking? Am I a master at serving? Am I a master at knowing? Am I, what? The, you can't even have those conversations if you haven't gone well, here Well, sure. Yet. But then, but think about this even in covenant. First maturity will develop mastery. So that you can multiply. I mean, I'm just talking about marriage. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you want to right? engage in the multiplication you, activities. You have to be mature and then master at something <laughs> to have kids. How many wives okay? are like, you know what? Master remembering to take the trash out. <laughs> and then, like, it'll open up the floodgates of multiplication. Or if you stop at, well, I'm a mastery and you do it. (laughs) Now let's go back to maturity. (laughs) Grateful and humility. And and so, so this is so powerful because I feel like religion, when you were talking, has taught us just speech. Okay? And then we'll we'll get your speech down and then, and then, and then, and then we'll do it. But what he's going to flip in us is he's going to say, align your heart. And it's almost going to go backward. He wants your speech to be last. Mm-hmm. He wants your language to be after. And we've, we've ran anchored. our mouth. We've ran our thoughts and our minds and our willpower. And then we've ran our mouth and bypassed his heart. That's not even my desire. You're speaking things that aren't even my desire. You're agreeing with things in your bloodline that's not even his desire. You don't even know what you're saying. It could be... Um, you could do all this without this, without his heart. Oh, you yeah. You could do all this. It'll work. All this works. Yep, yep. I'm trying to think of an example of something that we say every day that would just be normal, that would be negative. You guys don't say anything negative. It could be like road rage. Stupid car. Yeah. That was good. You're killing me. (laughs) I'm so irritated. This is ridiculous. Right? There's these things. And he's like, you keep speaking. Speaking, mm-hmm. and you don't even know my heart. So it's like you get in your car, it's a stupid car. And he's like, stop talking. What's my heart for your vehicle? Man, this is a vessel that you've entrusted me. It's going to get me from point A to point B, and it's going to work, and I love the seats, and I love the way it feels, and, 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 I'm, and I'm humble, and I'm grateful for what I have. Guess what's going to happen? He's going to begin to open up the doors of being able to declare honor, honor, and, honor gratitude. and gratitude to engage with the manifestation of your dream car. Mm-hmm. But you're not going to get your dream car if you're like, stupid car. Because then he's like, you're going to attract a stupid car. Yeah. He's like, you keep saying stupid. He, he loves you so much. He keeps going, you can have whatever you want. And then you blame him for getting whatever you want. You keep saying stupid car. <laughs> so you keep getting stupid cars. Right? So instead of being like, oh, this vessel I have a, of mine. I have a 2000, a beautiful 2007 Ford oh, Focus out there. Geez. 
with no hubcaps on it. It's got the not power windows. Like, it's not a pretty sight. But to me, there's the car that I want is in that car. What car are you talking about? A Corvette C6. It's maroon. What? <laughs> it's you have that. It's in that car. What car? The f- I'm I'm expressing honor and gratitude oh. for my high mileage. I'm like trying to figure out: Are you going to transform a Mustang into a Corvette? How's this yes. going to go? <laughs> yes, I am. <laughs> Amen. I know I totally kicked myself because I'm the one that's like that stupid piece of metals in there. Mm. <laughs> 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 one other thing I wanted to say. A. <laughs> uh, uh, characteristic of a disciple is they will be willing to walk away from something good. A disciple is willing to walk away from something good. Meaning like if I have something good, right? How many of us, we have something good and we're like, and he's like, all right, let me have it. And we're like, God, I can't. And you're just like, I'm going to take this (laughs) to my grave because I have life eternal. Right? I'm not saying that it's going to be like automatic, right? But a a disciple will recognize the dynamics that are taking place. They'll trust him. They'll be obedient. Yes, Father, I'm going to let this go. Even though this was amazing, I'm going to let it go. I remember you did it once. So I'm willing to do it. I remember what you did last time you asked me to walk away from something good. Mm hmm. I don't know what all this is, but th- but this is but this is a powerful going into language next month, because he's wanting us to that's what slow to speak, right to 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 slow down so we can obtain his heart for where we're at so we can open up the doorways for what he wants to manifest not what you want to manifest. So if our life is not manifesting what it's supposed to, it's so easy to blame everyone else and blame him, and he's like, but you're the one that manifested. He's going to give us new tools. And all of this isn't new to him, but new to us. And that's why we were saying, without this discipleship, it's so easy to get off kilter, go back to an old tool, and then say, but it didn't work. He's giving us new tools as we embrace uh, and him trusting us to be able to walk in those mysteries. Amen? So... Uh, next, so next week is family meeting, which is going to be really awesome. We are going to uh, open up and divulge what happens... (laughs) <laughs> what happens when you aren't satisfied and you walk in the fullness of uh, breakthrough, specifically within covenant? And of course, there's going to also be questions, meaning we're still walking that same path of you guys asking us questions. How did you get through this? How did you do that? There are some things that he just taught us in our last sending that absolutely, I believe, is going to change this entire family. And here's why. Because you do have a father that is willing to do all of this. Most leaders say, nope, got it. I'm mature. I've mastered. I've multiplied. And that's it. And to have someone say, but I haven't matured in this arena. I have not mastered in this arena. I'm not seeing multiplication in this arena. Why? And then he slams you on the floor and says, why? And you're like, oh. But then what comes from that is going to absolutely transform your life. So that's going to be next week. Uh, And then in August, we're going to pick up language, if you remember the pillar of language. Wait. And uh, like I said, there's going to be two parts. I don't know if that means two months, but there's going to be 
two parts where we're going to, everything I was just talking about, well, we're going to, we're going to, I'm going to connect the dots to why he tapped into emotion. Do you remember the list, what we've been robbed from and what we gained? But he keeps honing in on emotion. There's a lot that we got robbed from, but he's not having us hone in on all the other things. For some reason, he's having us hone in on feelings and emotion. And we're going to talk about that next week, right? <clears throat> he can't wait. <laughs> So then uh, that is going to help us understand the mindset of something that's alive. Because here's the thing. You, okay, can I, uh, okay, Elisheva, Tanya, okay, baby, would you want to raise a daughter in the way that she should go without emotion? Right? So you, so you, so if language is like Elisheva, you're not going to want to carry something that's alive without feeling. Because if we do this with head knowledge, we're going to miss it. Because we have to rem- language is easy to learn by the head knowledge. We've done that. What he wants us to do is understand that this is alive. But then think of language like a baby. If it's alive, would you want to raise a child by only head knowledge? Well, the book said... Right? I read a book and I went once a week and this guy told me that does not happen in life. That does not happen when you're raising something. It's alive. It's organic. It's changing. It's transforming. It's molding. And then we say, why are you changing? He never changes, but he grows and he transforms and, and new things happen and new relationships, right? And you're just constantly swirling in this life. So it's alive. So we're going to learn first how to feel and understand frequency to be able to understand the mindset of what's alive before and then also then practically we are going to learn letters so that we can engage in some of that. So that's going to be language August probably through the rest rest of the year. I have an announcement when Sally's done and um, because we're going to go back to feast. We have one more feast for the rest for this year. Let me let me say one more thing. <clears throat> One more thing to finish, because I know everybody who's in here has a heart that says, test me, test me, test me, right? So I'm going to give you a test, right? Because that's the process that we want is to be tested. So as, a, as an initial test, right, we have to know how to evaluate ourselves. If we say test me, and, and 2 Corinthians 13.5 says, test yourself, then I want you guys to be able to articulate this is what discipleship is. This is the distinction between belief and discipleship. This is how I evaluate where I'm at and am I aligning these three things and are these things manifesting in my life. I want you guys to be able to articulate that not only to yourself and go through that process, but explain it to somebody else who wants to know what does discipleship mean to you? If somebody asks you that, I want you to be able to break this down because you need to be able to to evaluate yourself. Okay? That's like top level discipleship. I'm testing myself. He's like, she's done. Uh, I wanted to just say, uh, to add on to that, when we get into discernment, this word is dangerous in the church world. Because whenever you have the gift of discernment, that means what's wrong with somebody else? Yeah. You're operating in something. Right? The discernment is for you. It's for you to understand a level of discernment for you to recognize how you're walking in all these areas. So, 
part of this is when you're asking other people or when you're engaging in this, I want you to be aware of who you're engaging with. Ultimately, you are your first responsibility, then covenant in marriage, and then if you are a mother and father, okay? What I mean by that is, is if, oh, I'm trying to think of an example. If Jalen asks Renna, how am I doing, or if Renna asks Jalen, how am I doing in maturity, there's going to be a different response than in a covenant or with a mother and father. I'm just saying, don't go, don't, don't find the one that. Don't go ask the person that you are going to do. Okay, here's a perfect example. If I want to discern something going on in me, I cannot go to Ellen. <laughs> because Ellen is my bulldog and she will approve me every single time. If I need to be uplifted, I'm going to Ellen because that person said this to me and I'm upset. And she'll be like, I know, it's horrible. Here's the thing, and that's good. She has the gift of encouragement. <laughs> but here's the thing I'm aware of that. I am aware of that. I'm aware when I'm going to her for affirmation and I know exactly who to go to when I don't want affirmation. That's Megan. Or we, does that make sense? You kn- Which is also awesome. Does it, but be aware. That's all I'm saying. Don't find what you want to hear because at the end of the day, you're about to engage with a being that already knows it anyway, so you might as well figure out you're a two now. Okay? Okay. Okay. <laughs> oh done. my gosh, that was hilarious. I that was you amazing. I actually was going to uh, mention that as well because I picked up on that for sure with uh, just self-reflection and thinking about the old and how we used to think about discernment. We could pick people apart like nothing, but we don't pick ourselves apart, you know? And so that was really good. Yeah. I know everything. <laughs> Oh, my goodness. All right. So uh, let's see. Kaya and Katie, I had asked them to help me pick up all of this amazing first fruits. So we are going to wrap up first fruits since that's been activated throughout the whole service. So if you guys want, if you need any more to give or need to give what you still have, um, now would be that time. So a lot of what I was hearing uh, overall and what you guys were saying was, uh, and something even on Voxer that was kind of sticking out to me was, all of this takes so much strength and courage. Like there's so much uh, strength and courage. And so one of the things that were brought up on Voxer was uh, the fact that the ninth of Av is actually one of the things that are remembered is the fact that we hear that story about the spies and they went into the promised land and they said, we can't do this, right? Do you guys know that story? Um, What's interesting is that whenever I actually read the word (laughs) and read that story, it is not like that. Do you guys know that? I was so shocked whenever I read it. And I was like, why have we been hearing it a specific way for so long? Um, There's aspects of it that's true. But we always hear they sent random spies into that world or into that land to tell them what the report was. 
they actually sent every prince, every son of every leader. That's who they sent in there to look at the land. They, yeah, they sent the princes. They sent the sons. They sent the next generation. And so whenever they come back and, and what they were instructed in, I don't know if you guys know this. Maybe I'm the only one this is, like, so shocking to. <laughs> um, but, like, they literally asked them, go in that land. And they asked them a bunch of questions to verify. So what kind of land is it? Is it good or bad? What cities are in there? Are they walled or are they unwalled? How's the soil? Is it fertile? Is it poor? Are there trees? Is there life? Do your best to bring back some of the fruit of the land. So they went and explored it for 40 days. And they came back and they actually did what their leaders or what their fathers had instructed them to do. They brought back a report. They said the walls are fortified. It is flowing with milk and honey. And this is some of the fruit they had brought, those grapes that we see in, like, kids' movies. <laughs> um, they said, except the people living in the land are powerful and the cities are fortified and large. We even saw the sons of Anak there. Then they went on to describe all the people that are there, such as the Hittites, Jebusites, Canaanites, and then... Caleb, when he heard that, he said, we should go up and capture the land. We can do it. The men said, but we cannot attack these people because they're stronger than us. So they actually did do what they were sent out to do. They gave a report. They came back with a report where they ended up, in a sense, going wrong is exactly what we've been talking about tonight. The mindset. They said, we cannot take them. They made the judgment. They yep. came back. They said, we can't take them. They're stronger than us. Then they said, so they were practicing being a believer. Oh, it's not on here anymore. <laughs> they were practicing being a believer versus mm -hmm. a disciple because it was all based on how mm -hmm. they saw. It was all based on their belief system. And they believed mm -hmm. immediately mm -hmm. they're bigger than us. They're yeah. stronger than us. They said, in their eyes we're grasshoppers, and in our eyes, we're grasshoppers. So they believed right. something. They didn't go in there as disciples. And so when we're talking about the month of a father, <laughs> I feel like this month should be Father's Day <laughs> or Father's mm -hmm. Month because mm -hmm. it's like Av should, and I kind of wonder if maybe that was something that was robbed from us, just a random tangent. But um, when we're talking about fathers, I just find that interesting that the fathers, like pretty much what you hear in that at the end, for their mindset to go that quickly to a believer's mindset, it shows how they were being fathered, right? Because a father will raise up sons and daughters in courage and strength, and they will pass down a specific mindset when they're faced with hard things, such yeah. as we have in yeah. our dad, right? Mm -hmm. And so... Um, so I just found that really interesting. And so in this month, that is what we are going to trade into. I mean, literally everything that mom and dad just released, <laughs> that's what we're going to trade into, mm -hmm. is trade into being that disciple, trade into that mindset of being so hungry that everything that they're talking about, that we would yearn for maturity, that we would yearn for uh, mastery and then multiplication, you know? And so trading floor is open, live. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. 
I thought Amber had a question. <laughs> um, for those of you that are on live, you can text to give and to sow into and trade into uh, everything that's been released tonight. The number is 928-288-4547. So, I need to do my trading really quick as well. All right, and then those that collected the cash, you guys can put it in the, I think you guys can put it in the, um, wow, treasure box. <laughs> all right, so Father, we just thank you for tonight. We thank you for all that you're revealing. We thank you that your, your uh, thoughts are higher than ours, that your plans are higher than ours, that you operate so much at a higher frequency than any of us have ever discovered, and, and what we are discovering little by little. We ask that you would just bless um, every person that's heard with endurance and strength and self-reflection and desire to just continue in what they've heard, Father, that we would not just be a people that hear, but we would actually take that action and activate what it is that we've heard and start in action and apply and, um, and seek out and hunger for and ask those questions and trust in order to be able to grow. Father, we just thank you for uh, that spirit that you've released through a father and mother tonight, and we ask that you would just uh, continue to multiply that in each of us in Yeshua's name. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to this message from Kingdom Heirs International. If you have received insight and revelation with this message, we invite you to claim that revelation by trading on the trading floor with this ministry. You can do that at kingdomheirsflag.org. Thank you.